Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. the bug <laughs> what a way to start the stream <laughs> hello hello everybody hi how are you so today we have a really interesting show I'm uh Oh yeah, look at that. Shout out to Vosh. It's uh we're interviewing him. We're interviewing Vosh. Uh yes, I am early. I'm early for several reasons. One, we're interviewing. We're doing an interview today, folks. We're doing a live interview. Okay. And then uh I I also have like other stuff that I have to do afterwards. So it's like a busy day on my end. So I wanted to make sure I did this because I wanted to do it. Uh, I've also been talking to Bosch to do this, so yeah. Hey, hello, welcome everybody, welcome, welcome. Today's going to be fun, make sure you hit that like button, make sure you like, subscribe, do all those things that people do on social media. Uh, one of those electric fly swatter rackets, did you see me just off this fly? I don't know why there's so many flies, I actually have one of these, it's called a catchy, you see this? It's supposed to just catch flies. It hasn't been doing its job. We got a few fruit flies in here. I just redid the um, the the screen in the back door over here, and um, hopefully that also resolves part of the problem. There were a couple of, of holes on the screen, so I just had it redone. Yeah, but a racket is more satisfying. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a little inhumane, but, you know, is there really a humane way of getting rid of bugs? I don't know. And, and this is coming from the person who literally just smacked a bug out of thin air, you know? I just, I started off the stream like this. There's another one. I did not get that one. 
did not get it. I don't know why there are fruit flies in here. It's so silly. I think because there's like humidity in here. There's some humidity. I'm installing a, a new air conditioner system too in like the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah. 420, 420. Yo. Yo, yo. 420, welcome everybody. I, I kind of had lunch, but I didn't have lunch. So today's gonna be interesting. I, I'm on my second monster of the day. The, uh, you guys ever see the video about the woman explaining monster energy drinks and how they're satanic? Music is very relaxing. Welcome to the vibes. I also just moved this in here. The uh, Beavis and Butthead, thank you so much. Uh, we got the Pokeball. We also got the Kramer. You see the Kramer back there? <laughs> you put that up. Shout out to Raven. Look at the that. She did that. She handmade that. She is so fucking talented. Holy shit. Oh, you have uh, Jamie Lynn is sponsored by Monster. I didn't know that. Um, what's in the bag on the couch? So that's one yellow curtain. Because we installed some yellow curtains on this side. There's one left over. In the bag behind that, it's a bunch of socks. And then a pillow. I got a pillow. In case I want to take a nap in the office. <laughs> you want to see my socks? I got myself some socks. Socks. Yeah. I got some black pairs of socks. I got myself some white pairs of socks. I got myself some more black pairs of socks. Because, you know, <laughs> very, very uh, creative. Yes, I, uh, I'm very creative with my socks. Just straight up, just black and white. That's all I go with. Yeah, because it's not a real Kramer painting. So we see all the wrinkles and light glares. So actually, the uh, the Kramer painting is set up to not glare with the other, you know, pictures. But we're gonna put um, Mod Podge on it, and uh, or, or something to just uh, make the reduce the glare, make it more matte. You just stopped in, and my voice sounds barely audible. Let me raise it. Can you hear me now? Hello. Hi. Am I? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes, I am early today, Binky Banky. Ah, oh, yes. It's a great day to be early. Nothing like a Monday to be on time. Uh, anyway, can I share with you guys my favorite thing so far? I thought this was something totally different than what it is, but I'll grab it for you. It's not my favorite thing, but it's the favorite thing that I bought. I mean, my favorite thing by far, I guess, it's that lamp and then the Kramer. The lamp came out so fucking cool. It's just such a fucking cool lamp. But I'll show you, I mean, outside of the Pokeball, my contributions to this beautiful set. Uh, <laughs> my I'll show you my... Uh, so, I bought this at Ikea. 
I just got this at Ikea. Um, I didn't know. I thought it could just sit by itself, but apparently it's like one of those head things that you put up on a wall, which I like. So, I think it's going to look good. I think it's going to look very good. What do you think, chat? It's going to look very good. Could. Take a sip of my monster. I'm going to turn into a monster. Wear that and only that? Just You mean this? I can't wear this, silly. It's a brass rabbit head. Jesus. Are you talking about my gray sweatpants? Is that what you're talking about? Attach it to the belt. Oh my god. Make a belt out of it. You guys are fucking weird. Holy shit. Okay. I'm gonna put that up. At some point. Okay. Bet you get a lot of DMs on Insta. Do I? I don't know. Um, anyway, we also have this lamp. You can't see it. So there, there's a Sneeko chair, right? You see this Sneeko chair? There's that mushroom lamp. That mushroom lamp looks so fucking cool. It's such a cool lamp. The last time I went to Ikea, there was this really huge one that opened. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of Ikeas. My favorite one was in Brooklyn. I loved going to that one in Brooklyn. The one in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, we're going to start the interview around 5 o'clock. Going to chat up with Vosh today. I'm doing... Uh, I'm, I'm doing more interviews. I have another one tomorrow and another one Wednesday. I'm going to start like sprinkling them in. I think the one... This one I'll upload tomorrow on the main channel. And then the one that I'm recording tomorrow, I think I'll upload Thursday. And then the one that I'm recording Wednesday, I'll upload as Saturday. I'm still going to do commentary videos. But I'm going to sprinkle in like a few interviews every week. Because um, I enjoy doing the commentary. And I enjoy doing the, uh, the interviews. It's just like a mix of both. You know? Um, okay, let me see this. You make sure everything's good. Hello, can you hear me? Okay. I want to make sure everything's good on my end before we get to rolling. They see me rolling. They roll in. You know what I watched the other day? Super Mario. And you know what I give it? A 10 out of 10. Holy shit, that movie was amazing. I fucking love that movie. Especially how they get the star at the very end. It is such a good movie. Holy shit. It's such a good movie. Uh, so, 
With, with, uh, you want an introduction of who? The quartering or Vosh? So the quartering is, uh, he's like a commentary YouTuber. He does a lot of commentary on political and pop culture stuff. A lot of the pop culture stuff is relating to Magic the Gathering, um, or Marvel movies, um, stuff like that. Five out of ten at most, just nostalgia. Wait, what are you talking about? Mid? Oh, you mean the Mario movie? No, get out of here. The Mario movie was 10 out of 10. No way. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Hey, I gotta be honest with you. When Mario and Luigi, like, teamed up and grabbed the star together, I got teary-eyed, okay? Call me whatever you want to call me, but I felt, I felt it. it I, the, the tears didn't come down, but I felt it, okay? I felt the tears. Alright? Don't judge me, though. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's uh. That's that. Even the live-action Mario movie was better. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. What are you talking? You, you gotta be trolling. You gotta be trolling, or you're not a real Mario fan. For real? That's that's really. Uh, I love the Mario movie. Yeah, the Mario movie was fucking great. Are you kidding me? No. Chat, you're not going to make me have a, a fight with you, are you? Like, right off the bat? Are we going to have a fight over the Mario movie? Is that really what's going to happen? Because I don't... I'm not taking any Mario slander today. That's the last thing that's happening. Okay? Mario slander is not welcome in this household. Okay. Mario slander is not welcome. And if you try it, we're going to have a pretty heated discussion about it. Team Mario movie. Yeah, I agree. Team Mario. You want to see a little mermaid? I mean, I do want to see it too. But I've seen some clips that made it look so whack, but I know the, the clips were just purposely taken out of context to make the movie look bad. So... It is Monday. Yes, today is Monday. I grew up on SNES. Mario Party 64 was my favorite, though. Yeah. I grew up on SNES, too. Um, I played mostly. It was Mario World. That was the one that I p played mostly. That was uh, that was my jam. Hello. Oh, me beginning early is throwing you off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, uh. You know, I scheduled this interview, and then I, I ended up having to schedule some stuff afterwards, too. So, if I didn't do the, the stream now, it wouldn't happen, too. So, because uh, I'm using the studio for something else afterwards. Super Mario World was my favorite. Yeah, it was hard as fuck. Those Bowser levels pissed me the fuck off. Not going to lie. Those Bowser levels. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Loving the 70s vibe? Yeah. So we made this. Um, I mean, I think I think I should just get... Yeah, my, my girlfriend, like, Raven had... 99% of these ideas. I mean, I think I contributed these things. And then that. She she hand me that. And then I kind of put the layout together of the room. Uh, just for the camera. For here. For the main for the main shot. But she kind of filled everything in. Also helped with the, the layout. And just had all these ideas for colors and shit. She chose all the stuff. And I just got it. Yeah, she's very smart. Good mythical morning vibes. I appreciate that. I, I take that as a compliment. I love those guys. Um, she made that that yeah, she made that lamp. And that lamp lights up, lights with like different colors. You can put green or whatever color color uh color you want on it. Very nice. Very nice lamp. As a big fan of Wayne's World, this feels like a basement. The kind of basement that I would want to live in. Yeah, it's very creative. What are you talking about? Weak character development, weak story, great song, literally more fan service than an anime episode. He's talking about the peaches, 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 peaches. You're talking about that? That's a great song? That's a hilarious song. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think it qualifies as like a, a Grammy winner. Okay. Vosh is here. Let me, uh, let's get this rolling. Let's stop. Let's stop the shenanigans. Okay, chat. Put your best faces out. We have a guest, okay? How the fuck do I do this? Hold on, I'm trying to accept them into the room, but of course, it's not allowing me. Fuck, one sec. Damn it! It just crashed. It just crashed. Hold on. <laughs> I'm panicking. <laughs> uh, hold up. Let me resp let me tell him. Let me let him know. I fucking hate Zoom. It's so... 
Okay, here we go. Admit. Boom. There we go. Okay. Is it going to go full screen? Well, hello. Hold on one sec. Can you hear me? Okay, I can't hear you. Can we hear him, chat? I don't think I I can't hear you. Damn it. Hold on. Uh, let me see. Sound. Okay. Output. Okay. Okay. Microphone. Okay. We got that. Okay. Oh, I see what happened here. Hold on one sec. Hello. Can you hear me now? Hello. Oh, hey. All right. There we go. We made it happen. Yes, we did. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk to me, Vosh. I, uh, it's been a minute since we talked last, yeah? Yeah, it definitely has been a minute. I, I remember it, though. I remember the conversation on uh, uh, political effectiveness if i recall it was a little while ago but i re i recall the gist yeah it was a minute ago but i wanted to i wanted to have something more conversational where i got to like interview you and get some background into like how you started and like uh you know how you i guess embarked on this journey as a content creator yeah absolutely happy to talk yeah so uh you know here i'll i'll do like uh, cuz i'll cut this later but I'll do this uh, this whole thing. Hey, welcome, Vosh. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great. So, tell me. You know, you're you're uh, you're part of BreadTube, right? You're like a, a leftist commentator on the internet, right? To the extent that BreadTube still exists, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. So, you, you, tell me, how did you your content journey? How did it start? Um. Well, I've I've been a big fan of live streaming basically for as long as the technology has existed. I was a big fan of StarCraft and StarCraft 2 in the esports scene. Um and they like Koreans playing StarCraft kind of kicked off the um you know, the streaming as like a a thing. Yeah. Um and one of the first people to get into that tech over here in the West was a guy called Destiny who yeah. did StarCraft and uh, later on politics. Yeah. And um, when I graduated from university with my degree, uh, I had trouble getting a job in the area because the, the the place where I went to college, uh, Northern California, uh -huh. kind of an economic dead zone. It's not doing great over there. I had a hard time finding a job. So uh, while I was waiting on one, I thought, oh, well, you know, might as well give this a shot. So I started streaming. And within uh, just a couple of weeks, actually, of starting, I was making more than minimum wage from donations. Holy uh, shit. No, it, yeah, it, it went really well really quickly because I was already kind of known in Destiny's community. So there was yeah. like a cross, uh, like, like cross-platform interaction kind of. And, um, and what did you think resonated with those first few people who came to your channel and subscribed and followed you? Oh, I don't know. They, their taste must have been terrible. I've rewatched those old streams. I sucked back then. I have no idea. <laughs> just a, a, abominably bad taste from very kind people is the is the best uh, explanation that I have. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I the loud, like bombastic debate stuff wasn't as common back then as it is now. So there was probably a good bit of novelty to it. So you're doing mostly debates. Well, it's pretty. 
difficult to get good debates these days because the the right has like completely conceded empiricism as a concept these days it's mostly like news uh, uh political analysis that kind of stuff but when i get an opportunity for a good debate yeah that's my favorite thing to do what was the first like memorable debate that you had like that you like felt like you hit something or like it struck a chord with an audience and you know you just felt like oh this is this is something that i want to keep exploring um, well, I remember that while debating the kill stream, which was like a big Nazi uh, uh, podcast, I said the N word with the hard R to make a point. That's definitely had a lasting impact on my um, on my YouTube career. That's uh, Ethan Ralph, right? No, no, no. That was later. I uh, the 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 um, the kill stream guys. I don't even remember their names. Wait, was it Ethan Ralph? I can't. I I can't remember. Um, they they've all kind of like faded away in in my memory. But I remember the N word. That was. So wait, you were, you were debating them and they just like flung the N-word at you or something? Well, well, they were doing it a bunch. Uh -huh. um, and, and then I did it too. Because I think a lot of guys like that have the impression that like um, when they're edgy and racist, they auto win debates or conversations because they're like, uh, they're, they're so unbothered. They're so cool. They're so disaffected. Yeah. Uh, when, when in reality, it makes them look super lame. Yeah. So I, I just, it's kind of like a reminder to them. Like, I, I just, I literally don't care. Like, like do the debate, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Something like that. Yeah. It, when did you ever have like a debate where like as soon as you, you shut everything off, you're like thinking about it afterwards and you just like, you're like, oh man, I wish I would have said this. Like this would have, I imagine this is a feeling that happens often where you're like, you're just kind of rethinking it in your head and you're like, do you ever have moments like that? Yeah. Well, there's kind of no way to avoid the like shower argument afterwards sometimes yeah. even like even if you do super well in a debate and you, you feel like you crushed or whatever you're always like oh man at 37 minutes and, and 14 seconds in i could have said this and that would have ended the career and you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's I, I think it's pretty unavoidable for the most part i try not to because I, again i think it's like an inevitable part of of having disagreements with people that you reflect in it and you try to like uh you know redo it in your head um, there have been a couple of times I thought I could have done better. I think the first time I debated Sargon of Akkad, I did, in my opinion, pretty poorly. So I thought yeah. over that one a while, but I tried to learn from it. Yeah. Did you debate him during the whole Gamergate thing or that was that much later? It would it would have been later. It would have been yeah. like 2020 or something like that. Gotcha. But we had a debate on like he, he wanted like he wants England to be an ethno state or something. We had a debate about that. It was he wanted it what? Was, well, he he's an ethnostater. He thinks yeah. that um, England should only be uh, uh, like a country for ethnically English people. Um, no way. Which, which is that like unironic? I'm sorry. I'm like not familiar with him or any other stuff. He like for anybody who's not familiar with him, like is that like that's that's his like whole premise to everything. He's like an ethnostater. No, he ex guy? no he explicitly said that. I'm not reading between the lines. He he oh, directly shit. said that. So yeah, uh, he's he's only gotten worse since then. But we we talked about that and some other stuff, and you know it was uh, it was pretty fun. That's wild because I I think I've I've only heard of him through the whole like GamerGate stuff and you know from watching documentaries because I wasn't much on the internet around that time. So I uh, it's it's wild. It really is. That that being said, you know like. As far as debates, like, do you go in with, like, a specific strategy? Like, how do you, you know, do you do you go in, oh, yeah, I'm going to murder this guy if I say this. <laughs> after, I'm sorry, my chat is playing sound bites. I don't know if you can hear it. They just played a fart. Uh, no, I can't hear it, but I'm glad <laughs> you're having fun over there. Yeah, they just played a fart. I, they, it just caught me by surprise. But, yeah, you, <laughs> so, yeah, just, uh, do you ever go with, like, a specific strategy? 
Well, I think um, I think one of the most important things you can do in a debate is tone match. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in my audience really like to see me, you know, epically destroy this Nazi or this like racist guy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and I enjoy that too, but no matter how bad the opinions of a person are if you go at them like super aggro when they're coming across chill even if they're being completely disingenuous yeah um you you risk like kind of alienating a person who might be more convinced by tone than by like the actual substance of the argument so i think it's important to go into most debates with a kind of open mind uh when it comes to how it's going to unfold and ultimately your goal is like all right what what will the winning shot here be is my goal to like present an argument they can't defeat or is it to make them look stupid and depending on the kind of person you're talking to either one of those might be the right direction to go yeah um okay hold on one sec i'm i'm about to i'm gonna turn off the sound alerts because this shit's just distracting me right now i apologize i'm glad people are having fun yeah i mean they, somebody just subscribed which i appreciate the sub but like uh let's wait a second for the the but uh anyway back to this um yeah, because I'm, I'm really interested in that. It's still giving me sound bites. Uh, anyway, uh, here. I can't I can't do anything about it. Okay, forget about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, not at all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested with that whole debate thing because I'm not really a part of, like, the debate, I guess, quote, unquote. There's, like, a, a, a kind of a derogatory way of referring to it on the Internet of, like, the debate bro, debate me bro, whatever it is thing, right? Where people like kind of I've seen Hassan like make fun of that like people who debate on the internet like that, but I I, I do find it like there's there really is like a, a way of you know the like doing it art like in a artful way to say it where like the way you just described where you're not like just turning it into people essentially butting heads and entrenching themselves into the like you know into their side and just making situation like the whole conversation worse. I've been, I've actually had that happen to me where I like lost my cool in a debate and it just like looked awful on my end. So I totally understand what you're describing now of like, it's much better to just like sit and kind of just talk things through. Even if you have like a massive disagreement with a person, yeah, well, I think, I mean, the bad, I think the bad reputation to a large extent comes from the fact that if a person is being kind of like annoyingly and annoying and overly aggressive, yeah, uh, you can make a debate out of anything. Yeah. Sometimes, in fact, and this is like, this sounds weird to say, but it's, it's really true if you think about it. It's possible to be correct. Uh -huh. But then in advocating for the correct thing to be wrong. Yeah. So like a good example of this would be if a person like, say, a layman makes a point that is fundamentally correct, like the the important parts of what they've said are true. They've gotten the gist of it. They're not like they, like a historian might have nitpicks, you know, um, but they're pretty much right. And then like you can imagine a, a debate bro might slide and they might be like, ah, you got this part wrong. So you don't know a thing about what you're talking about. And we we have like an image of that in our heads of somebody who weaponized the um aesthetic of logic or the aesthetic of like um you know uh high-minded engagement to, yeah. to really just be kind of an obnoxious dipshit and that's a thing that can happen for for sure but debate as a whole like as a concept the ability to directly challenge bad ideas that's not only is that really important it's also fundamental to human communication so there's no getting away from it it's just a matter of doing it well yeah, it, it, if you were, like, let's say there's somebody who's watching right now and they're like, oh, yeah, I really would love to be a part of this, like, whole debate culture or whatever on YouTube or on social media. Like, what would be the first thing you tell them to watch out for or and, to, and then another thing that would be good for them to explore so that they can kind of find their own voice? 
Well, um, being right is obviously really important, but the, yeah. the, the most interesting part of doing the whole debate thing isn't just being right. It's finding the best way to convince people that you are right. So uh -huh. oftentimes it's more like a rhetorical exercise. There are some issues where being right are super easy, like climate change. Yeah. We've, 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 we've had the, the dealio on climate change for a good long time. We know what's going on there. Um, but does it like, uh, you know, does it like it, it change the fact that it remains this like hot button issue? Well, no, because ultimately like being right isn't enough, which, which sucks, but it's also kind of the world we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, and additionally, sometimes, uh, some topics and some people are like attention whirlpools, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people who have a, you know, a good amount of talent for debate or engagement get kind of like sucked into this like infinite recurring drama cycle usually just a couple of people acting in bad faith or they mm -hmm. like dredge it up over and over again and that can never end sometimes so i think it's just you know you have to be smart with your time and attention but there's always room for more of it right yeah and i guess putting the debate stuff aside i'm also curious like you're like you you got your start in bread tube you kind of hinted that there is no more bread tube i mean how did you i mean what was the first thing that introduced you to like leftist ideas and how did you find yourself identifying with it? When I was in high school, I had an AP US history class called yeah. Comparative History uh -huh. taught by um, Professor Hinojosa at um, Beverly Hills High School. He was excellent and hot. Uh, he was um, really, really good at what he did, you know, talking about all these different governments and the way they're they're systems are organized and why they're organized that way and um got me really interested in governmental organization in a way that i didn't really think was possible before then i thought i was interested more in the technical sciences um and after that i went to university and there have just been a chain of professors that they didn't i i don't think a professor has ever like done like like been leftist at me i don't think i've ever had a professor go like ah you know this is what we're going to talk about now and kind of um like drag the conversation that way um normally they just uh bring up a couple of concepts that i find interesting and i look into it further and it's like oh okay well all right this makes a little bit of sense this makes a little bit of sense and i think that's a good way to get into leftism right like because it's, it's not meant to be dogmatic mm -hmm. um leftist analysis is fundamentally critical it's about free thinking so ideally people would get into it through a kind of free-minded curiosity not just because they're memorizing bit parts you know Gotcha. So would, would would you say you became more interested in like the philosophical aspect of it or did you like immediately become an activist and start doing like certain things like going to protests or uh, things that other leftists like who are activists do? Well, I did some activist like stuff when uh, I was in college and university, though I've never been too much of an outdoorsy or social person. So a lot of it was like uh, just reading or engaging with the ideas. And I enjoyed that very much. Um, through university, I did a number of projects with upperclassmen and with professors pertaining to like um, prison vocational programs, uh, a lot of stuff having to do with like unhoused people or uh, the criminal justice system, because there was an overlap with our criminology department. And I enjoyed all of that. Uh, and sometimes that would involve like, um, you know, doing some kind of uh, organizing or protest, going to a juvenile hall to like get interviews, that sort of thing. For the most part, though, it was just a lot of reading. Nice. Yeah, it, I, I would say like in my case, too, like a lot of the my political and philosophical, I, I guess, foundation came from different teachers that I had in high school. I had this teacher that was like really adamant about us reading Howard Zinn. A people's history mm -hmm. of the United States. 
that book was like kind of like the beginning of me discovering all those like this alternate version of American history that I read it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just funny how I don't know. Did you ever have this feeling like as you're exploring these ideas that you had the wool pulled over your eyes and you're like kind of having to look for this information that kind of like shows gets you closer to the reality instead of this like hyper inflated idea of what history, at least in the sense of history, because in my case, it was through history that I, I came into this stuff. But that like our history is like super, you know, cosmeticized, I guess, for like. I'd always had a kind of like, I don't know if it's necessarily conspiratorial, but like a defaultly yeah. like critical attitude, you know, e even when I'm like 10 or whatever of yeah. like, oh, there's stuff they don't tell us. But it was it was like very unformed conspiracy, uh, conspiracism initially, you know, because yeah. at the beginning, like that doesn't mean anything. It's yeah. like when people uh, go on anti-vax Reddit, they're like, oh, the pharmaceutical companies are lying to you. And it's like, well, yeah. But not about this. They lie about a ton of other stuff. But this is pretty straightforward. So it's it's like a distrust of larger institutions. But it has to be like channeled appropriately, right? Like mm -hmm. flat earthers. Oh, the government doesn't want you to know stuff. Well, well, yes, of course the government doesn't want you to know stuff. But the Earth is still round. Yeah, uh, you have to know like why it's all happening. And the interesting thing is like. A lot of people um, kind of get the impression, I think, that lefties tend to be sort of conspiratorial. Maybe a lot of them are. Yeah. But I've actually found my conspiratorial tendencies have disappeared the more that I um, learn about the world. Because it seems like all of the all of the times that something like nefarious and behind the scenes has happened. Yeah, it's it's not some complicated like plot. It's just a continuation of systems of power that aren't secrets they're public they're known like you know is it a conspiracy that the cia uh you know intervened in latin american countries to promote american business interests no and also is it surprising like look at what businesses do in america like this isn't it's it's not like moon landing stuff it's yeah. pretty straightforward yeah i think the first do you the first conspiracy theory that i ever got into was a jfk one mm -hmm. i watched that uh that would What's his name? Oliver Stone's movie as a kid. I was like obsessed with it where he like breaks down all the conspiracies and he shows like the lawyer in New Orleans went after all that stuff. Do you what was the, like the the conspiracy that kind of started opening those floodgates for you? Was there one or did you? Kind well, of I mean, it, yeah. initially, I was the kind of person who would just go like, oh, yeah, of course, 9-11 was an inside job. Like, I, I guess I would just believe that stuff uncritically because obviously our government would lie and obviously our government had an agenda. So yeah. why wouldn't they? The more I learned, the less I believe any of it. Um, not, mind you, because the government isn't sinister or nefarious or whatever, but no. because uh, oftentimes these conspiratorial narratives assign like an undue level of competence and coordination to the government. The government can't keep secrets for shit. The idea that it could keep secrets like this, we know so much about what the CIA and the FBI did um, mm -hmm. during the Cold War. We knew a about a lot of it, even during the time. It's not yeah. like, uh, and those are intelligence agencies, whereas like anything with 9-11 or the moon landing, this would be like this gigantic interdepartmental thing i mm. think for the most part people tend to be incompetent um uh, they make mistakes that are very visible and very easy to see and i think that a lot of times when we talk about conspiracy theories we're kind of projecting a desire for control onto the world we want the world to be a system that can be understood uh and 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 controlled because the idea that it's not controlled is kind of scary that's a really good way to put it. I it, it it kind of is like trying to establish order to this thing that you're kind of seeing unfold before you and that you can't fully understand or comprehend all at once because there's so much going on at the same time. 
and it, it just feels like there's so many moving parts. I was looking at the uh, the this. I, I, I'm not sure if you're following. There's an account, uh, Jeffrey Epstein News on Twitter, and they're kind I'm of not just, following that exact account. <laughs> yo, bro, they they're like sharing every day. They share a new person who is in the Je- like Jeffrey Epstein's little black book, and they give like a breakdown of their involvement with with Epstein. And I mean, the first few people were like CIA agents and like, you know, um, heads of state and all this shit. And there is just like there's so many levels to how to everything, I I guess. It's just it's hard to grasp all of it. That's what that's why I think often, you know, we tend to go towards conspiracy theories, at least to some extent, to try to explain what we see. And some of them end up being real. Other ones just end up being fantasy. But. It is what it is. Um, I think it's important to have a critical attitude towards this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, With with Jeffrey Epstein, for example, it seems pretty obvious that um, part because it was the hip happening place to be and part because he was deliberately trying to shield himself from prosecution, Epstein made an effort to connect himself to as many powerful people as possible so they would all have an interest in keeping him from getting arrested. And then when he finally does get arrested, of course they would have him killed. Like it, it, That seems pretty straightforward to me. I guess it's kind of conspiratorial, but I I think it follows with the understanding we have of these systems. You know, it seems straightforward enough. Yeah. Yeah. The the funny thing is Jeff, the whole Jeffrey Epstein tooth thing started as a conspiracy theory before people actually believed it. It was like one of those before it, the information came out. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious if you don't mind me asking about uh, some, uh, I guess, debates that you've had in the past. Uh, yeah, sure. Or, there's there was one situation that I saw maybe a couple of weeks ago that you you had with uh, Mr. Beard. Are you familiar yes. with that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you explain what happened to anybody who may not understand or may not know? There's like an infinite amount of context, depending on how granular you want to be. But the basic gist of it is like two and a half years ago, I had a debate with a black woman. This will be important, mind you, um, which was about like comments that she had made that gave me the impression that she thought it was ethically justifiable for non-white people who were victims of colonialism to eject white people from their countries because those white people were the descendants of their direct colonizers. Mm-hmm. The example being South Africa, where South Africa has a population of about six uh, million white people uh, who are, of course, the descendants of like largely Dutch colonizers from you know, from a long time ago. And I don't think it's good to expel people based on their race, personally. And we had a a big, like, three-hour debate about that where I got the impression she's pretty much, like, okay with white people being deported or killed um, Mm. if the non-white people in a country want it. And uh, this this debate, despite it being pretty, like, straightforward from my perspective, I guess, has turned into literal years. This is, like, by far the most um, drama... Uh, a substantive debate that I've ever had, uh-huh. even though there was very little drama in the debate itself, because for, for years now, there's been like this conga line of people who want to relitigate the context of the debate and like gaslight me on what happened. Mm-hmm. But I've gone over it like so many times, like people keep wanting to argue and essentially accuse me of being racist uh-huh. um, because I'm like invalidating the perspective of a non-white person, blah, blah, blah. And this just keeps happening over and over and over again. It'll probably keep happening too. There's no, there's no way out. We're on the karmic wheel of punishment now. Um, I was a white man with an opinion and that is a, that is a, a crime for which the punishment must be severe. Why do you think that happens so often on the left? Things like this. Um, 
I think that a lot of people on the left have bought into the idea that uh, non-white, or not just non-white, but like non-privileged people, so like trans people, non-white people, women, any group, whatever, um, should be given more leeway when it comes to arguments they have or bad ideas they might have, is mm-hmm. uh, lo- because it's like a part of their lived experience. So, for instance, you'll have like a pretty dumb idea pre- presented by a person of color, which. I mean, everyone can present dumb ideas. This happens everywhere all the time. But if you like talk over that, there's like a small group of people in the online left, not the total online left, mind you. It's the same group of people every time, basically. This like collection of mostly white people who do these performative apologetics who will go like, ah, well, you're speaking over their experiences. And it turns into this like infinitely granular, like liberal identity politics nonsense infighting. Um, it, it's gotten rather funny to me because I've just gotten used to it. But this corner of the left is like so infighty; they're never going to accomplish anything. Yeah, it's it's funny because it just becomes essentially a circle jerk over the same topic. Like like you said, relitigating the same situation over and over again. It's mostly white people who are saying and accusing you of this, right? Like with Mr. Beard, he's a white guy who lives in Australia, right? Which is kind of I don't know ironic to me that he would have like such a uh, strong stance and I think he like didn't didn't he like miscontextualize some of your messages together too and well I think I think that um I think that there's a very small group by very small by the way I, I mean like just this insignificant fraction of the online left but yeah. that doesn't mean they can't be allowed uh, yeah. who are very good at convincing gullible people to be sympathetic to their terrible ideas under the pretext of them being victims. It's kind of like it's kind of like a white knight like um abusive manipulator woman dynamic where uh-huh. there will be a guy who like in the name of feminism will defend anything that like a really bad lady does uh-huh. and it just goes on and on. I feel like it's that dynamic basically over again. I don't think that Mr. Beard is a bad person or anything like that. I just think that uh he's he's kind of like gotten suckered into the idea that there's some legitimate argument being made by those people yeah yeah I, I i didn't mean to say that he was a bad person either i just thought i just saw it ironically from that point of view of him you know uh there were some things you said and i just i just thought it was funny you know seeing the context of um you know who he oh, is it is pretty it, it is pretty funny though i yeah. look okay there's another a person who i think is cool who's getting dragged on twitter right now because like 10 years ago i mean 10 by the way that's not an exaggeration 10 so back in 2013 she said something that was like pretty racist because she was like a totally different person back then she's changed like it's a whole thing anyway i saw like because there's been drama discourse in this and i saw somebody who follows me going like yeah i was arguing with somebody to defend her and then i saw their twitter username was i hate crackers and i as you can guess how productive that conversation was yeah it's like oh my god it's like never ending (laughs) Yeah, uh, but it's it's such a small group of people. I always try to make that clear because I don't want people to get the impression that the left is full of like white hating people. Because it's not. It's just like there's a small group of white people who have sucker been suckered into it, and a small group of non-white people who are like benefiting from the grift. But it's not. It's not a whole thing. And people on the right love it because that's exactly what the Matt Walshers of the world are framing the left as. Oh, for, oh, they love it. They they're all perfect bait for the right. One hundred percent. They are like they exist to like validate every single 
negative preconception the right has about the left. It's very, it's very frustrating. Same with, same with like the, the South Africa, like discourse, right? Yeah. So there's a racist idea called fear of, I, I believe retribution. Uh -huh. Um, and the basic premise is like, it, it refers to the fear that some white people have in countries where white people have been colonizers, that if they ever give full political power back to non-white people, that they would use it to punish white people. Now, historically, this isn't really a valid concern. And it's also not a good excuse against, you know, instituting democracy and racial equality. But, um, it, like if, if white people are like concerned about this, like, oh, what if we give them their rights, the Latakos or whatever, that's considered like a racist belief. Mm -hmm. And if there are non-white people unironically arguing that they should be able to attack white people if given the power to do so, they're kind of validating that racist belief, you know, like they're 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 doing the argument basically just from the other perspective. Do you think Karen is a slur? Uh, yeah, really? I'm just cool with people using it. I mean, we use slurs all the time, right? right. Bitch is basically a sexist slur. I, it's not entirely, but it's kind of like rooted in that. I mean, yeah. I said cracker a second ago. I think that like if, if by slur we mean a pejorative term to refer to a specific identity, Karen's pretty female coded. It's yeah. pretty white coded too, though not entirely. I've seen plenty of non-white people referred to as Karens, but it is like very female uh, coded. You think so? You you think it's like straight up like racial slur on the level of like the N word? Oh no, no, not in the level. No, not at all. I mean, because like it fits in the category. It's like an yeah. insult, right? Like the N word is an insult, and yeah. like so is calling person a butthead. But there's like huge contextual differences. Yeah. Um. I, I think we just use slurs pretty often. We use them about men and women most often. I think we have a lot of kind of dismissive terms for 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 either group. Um. And I think the question shouldn't be, is Karen a slur? The question should be, how harmful is it? Mm -hmm. To which I, I think the answer is minimally, there's some real sexism levied against women. Like they'll speak up a bit or be upset for a good reason. And people will be like, ah, you Karen. And it's like, okay, well, we're kind of just doing sexism right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I call people bitch all the time. So, you know, there's, there's leeway. Gotcha. Interesting. I never, I never even thought of it like that. I thought, I thought it was just like I just saw it as a meme, kind of uh, the whole Karen thing. Uh, I didn't see it. I mean, I don't see the the same racial history. I see it as a derogatory term, of course, but I, I don't see the same like racial history or the same. A lot of the, the 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 slurs that we have in America, they're just like at least the way that I see them, they're just a way to enforce, um, you know, the the separation between white people and other minorities. Right? You get. Most slurs used against Cubans or, uh, you know, uh, Mexicans or it just it, those slurs are used to, like, essentially highlight that they're immigrants. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, I often find that the, the slurs are used against white people are like they just kind of outline how much power they have in their whiteness. So, that's oh, why yeah, for sure. That right. Like yeah. that's. Because, like, nobody cares about Cracker except for Twitch, which permanently banned me for saying it. Then unbanned me. Yeah. Um, but, but, like, broadly, nobody cares. Yeah, I agree. It's because it's not it's not just about, like, in, in the technical sense. Like, is Karen a slur? I, I think so, like, technically. But when we yeah. think of a slur, like, when we think in, in context, what do we mean by that? We, we obviously mean something that's, like, socially weighty, right? Like, that uh -huh. has punch. And, and I don't think Karen does. I Like, I don't think there's an issue with people using it. Interesting. Uh, who do you you think Joe Biden is gonna win the nomination again for the Democrats? Um, well, I don't. I barely think there's even going to be a primary. Um, it, like it's the process right now is so undemocratic. 
I've seen people sincerely arguing that like the last thing we need now is a primary because it would cause infighting. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, even if there was a full primary, even if every other candidate like got on stage and tried, I still think Biden would take it. Yeah. He's honestly done pretty well. Like, not to say he's been a great president or one that I would endorse broadly, but he's avoided huge major fuck ups and he's kept a pretty even temperament and he's kind of funny in yeah. a way that I don't think a lot of people expected. And I think all of that will play favorably for him. Corn pop. He's, he's kind of, hits. he is charming, you know? <laughs> yeah. The corn pop thing, the hairy legs. I, 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 <laughs> I love those sound bites. Uh, so you think it's going to be Biden and Trump again? Yeah, I don't think DeSantis has a chance in hell. And right now I give it to Biden over Trump. Maybe really? like, uh, yeah, like 60-40, not perfect. Not not uh-huh. even like, not a, not a sweep or anything. I think Biden has a, a bit of a lead right now, though, because, especially because we haven't seen the consequences that the infighting between DeSantis and Trump will bring. That'll uh-huh. probably do a decent amount of damage, I think. Wow, I I was thinking the right is going to come out in droves. They're gonna they they're just so livid with Biden. Like to them, he's like demon, like a demon, you know, in human flesh. So I don't know. I I really I, I it, Trump's kind of crazy. So you you never know what comes out of him. If he did win again, I think that would be like kind of dangerous. Could be potentially be dangerous because he's just so fucking unstable. But um, but yeah, I just think. Biden could fucking take it. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to um to even take reasonable guesses at it this early on. Yeah, uh, we haven't even started like the proper primary races yet. Yeah, for for to, to the extent they're even going to happen, I'm just I'm I'm hoping for good here. Obviously, um, like Trump winning at this point would be would be catastrophic. Though I think DeSantis winning would be far worse. So I am happy that I don't think he has a chance. Yeah. Do you think if Biden wins again, do you think he he survives his whole term? Like he's like eighty five <laughs> or something. Fuck, I have no idea. Doesn't he kind of give the energy of somebody who would live unnaturally long though? Like, yeah, like the, yeah. Like he'll he'll just live a weirdly long time. That's just the impression that I get from him, vibes wise. Yeah. Uh, of course, I have no idea whether that's gonna be true. And they got him in the White House in the Oval Office, just doing blood swaps like Keith Richards to keep him. Oh alive. yeah, keep him. For as long as he needs. Keep that man <laughs> a chugging as far as he can go. Besides, he'll probably only get funnier as he gets older, since it seems to be whenever his like brain slips that he says like the really funny shit. Oh yeah. Do you think he's like senile? Like you think he's all there or you think he's like kinda halfway there? He's like those grandfathers that will like say like fucked up shit at one point and then realize, Oh shit, no. You know? He kinda lost I think his filter. I think he's probably half there. I half think half there. Yeah, because I, I don't think that he's... I to, For what it's worth, I think Trump is as well. They just express it in different ways. I think that um, they're both like equally forgetful, and they stumble over their words pretty much the same amount. The difference is that Trump, with his history as an entertainer, is way better at chaining it into something that sounds like it was just him being eccentric, rather yeah. than having a brain fart. He does this all the time yeah. in his speeches. So, yeah, it, it's... They're, they're both really old. Our democracy is fucked. Yeah. I got to be honest with you, though. There's one thing I miss about Trump's. His rallies just looked like it was a stand-up routine, and he would just, like, roast the shit out of everybody, even in his own party. I I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I always – I mean, it's kind of fucked when you're watching a president just use their speeches as, like – and just watch it as, like, entertainment value instead of, like, something that should be taken seriously, right? Or I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on this, but – 
Well, I mean, the uh, the American voters sure turned out quite a, quite a bit in 2016, 2020 to uh, affirm they do indeed like it when a president is funny. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's it, I feel like it's going to be pretty difficult to go back to the um, the like Obama era of let's just relax and, and enjoy the fact that our leaders are competent. I don't think yeah. that can really happen again. It's pretty much just going to be like this infinite. Yeah, it's it's like sports forever now. I, I don't know how we get out of this. Oh yeah, it definitely feels like teams. It feels like teams, and I, I even had a, a conversation with uh, the the quartering. I, I asked them about this. It, it, it often feels like it's so much about teams and playing sides that people will actively become more and more disingenuous just so they can continue to fit into that box. Yeah, no, I well, I agree, right? Like, this is one of the reasons why I find it difficult to get debates these days. Because yeah. in in 2019, when I started, I would be able to debate Trump supporters who actually had sincere beliefs about something. Uh-huh. Like, I could talk with them about immigration or tax policy, even if I thought they were really wrong about something. Like, we could talk about it. Like, we could have a discussion about it. Yeah. Sometimes I even got the impression they were kind of, like, reevaluating their views. But uh-huh. for the past couple of years, none of this has been true. They will, like, say something that is just flatly empirically incorrect that any amount of research would show is incorrect. And you can show them it's incorrect, and they won't care. And it doesn't matter. And it's all purely just, like, theatrics at this point. Which And, and a lot of those debates are just, just boring to do, because you know, at that point, they're just getting like an audience to their insanity for free. Um, yeah, it's it's called it's like anti-empiricism. It goes mm. beyond anti-intellectualism because they're not just like disregarding the processes by which you arrive at truth. Now they don't seem to care about truth like at all. And in the face of that, you know, overwhelming victory can only come in the form of like superior strength, which mm. is what I'm hoping we get because the majority of Americans do actually support some degree of trans rights. I'm kind of hoping that what's been happening lately will, you know, energize people who might have not otherwise been engaged, especially young people. You mean all the the boycotts against the uh, the brands? Well, I mean that like the like half the country now has like anti-trans laws getting cycled through their state um mm-hmm. their their state legislators constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh Florida, you know, the bill that allows them to kidnap trans children or like not trans children, children who may or may not be trans based on vibes, you know, just like insane stuff like that. Um there's a lot of bad stuff out there and I think the Democrats need to do a better job of, you know, pointing out how alarming it is. I often feel like you brought up Florida, like it, this. All this stuff happened under DeSantis. I feel like he just, he just, when he initially got elected, he was just like, I'm, I'm just going to see how I can destroy Florida because he got, he's trying to get Disney to leave. There was that that bill, um, you know, there was, uh, there was the name, the, the Don't Say Gay Bill. Now mm-hmm. there's this bill that you're talking about. I mean, it's don't just... say gay bill has been extended to 12th grade now, by the way. Um, really? Teachers are having to like submit all of their books in their libraries and classrooms to state approval because they risk a felony lawsuit um, from uh, from from like, uh, uh, or you know, um, from the state or from parents. If there's anything in there that's identified as like sexual grooming material, which mm-hmm. at this point means that like an 18 year old college senior seeing a book that acknowledges the existence of gay people could warrant like years in prison for the teacher. It's pretty bad over there. How far do you think is government overreach? You think this is like a definitive government overreach, but how far, like you think DeSantis, ironically being a Republican, because they're all about small government, right? But they, he's he's just like being so intrusive in all these like policies that they're pushing. You think 
how far do you think government you know well a lot of this is objectively unconstitutional like that's not uh, yeah i'm not a constitutional scholar or anything but a lot of this like if you could do like snap judgment is this allowed like a lot of it it just isn't however the current supreme court is conservative and clearly in line with what's happening here and and also you know i I mean possibly even worse even if they weren't it can take a long time for the legal process to bring a bad law to the Supreme Court for challenging. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what Republicans are doing all over the country right now. There have probably been dozens, maybe even hundreds of arguably unconstitutional bills that have been passed. And it's just not, you know, it, 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 it there's nothing that can really be done about it, at least not through uh, court, uh, you know, deliberation. Gotcha. Where do you see the, the country going in the next few years? Well, I guess a lot of it hinges on the 2024 presidential. Mm-hmm. It, there are some trends that I consider positive right now. Um, the uh, anti-trans hysteria doesn't seem to be working with the GOP voter base as much as they seem to think that it should. Mm-hmm. What's more, um, they didn't do as well in the midterms as they thought they were going to. And that's a pretty big deal. There are little bits and pieces of potentially good information here when it comes to like broader support. But you only need a small percentage of the country to be insane and vindictive to fuck things over. What we really need is a blowback. What we need to do is recognize like, oh, okay, so we have like a flagrantly undemocratic political party that's trying to destroy our constitution. Um, something needs to be done. And then ideally, a lot of them would be arrested on sedition charges. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's my you know private fantasy. They do need to be removed from power, though. You can't have a democracy where half of the political power is held by people who are openly contemptuous of democracy. That's insane. Yeah, and it's ironically the same people who are actively trying to present themselves as defenders of freedom and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, it... Uh, so where do you if somebody for some reason doesn't know who Vosh is, where can they find you? Oh, well, uh, by typing my name in on YouTube, I imagine, uh, or probably most other social media sites. Happy to have you. That's V-A-U-S-H V on Twitter. Right. And on, yes. on YouTube, it's just V-A-U-S-H. Right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get on that Twitter grind fast enough. I lost that uh, initial handle. Tragic. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, I just was reminded of something. You had you had a pretty historic beef with uh, J.K. Rowling at one point. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. So wait, tell tell me what happened with that. Oh, it was you know I'd I'd, I'd say it was mostly her. I it was like um, International Women's Day, and I tweeted um, I tweeted something like uh, J.K. Rowling could have shut up and been remembered for a century as a you know a heartwarming children's author. She threw it all away for transphobia, blah, blah. Women shut up and apologized challenger. Women stopped talking and shut up. Something like that. Um, anyway, she uh, she took a screenshot of that and posted it and started a whole bunch of discourse that actually led to like news articles. It was pretty yeah. wild. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, going back to the Karen discourse, right? It's like a kind of petty sexism. Now, um, in, in my case, personally, the main thing that I remember from the whole drama was um, there were a bunch of leftists who did this hand-wringing over, like... Because I consider J.K. Rowling to be one of the prime speakers of a hate movement. Mm. And a lot of people on the left do as well. And in in a situation of, like, okay, well, somebody was, like, edgy, sexist towards her, you know, what's the priority going forward? Like, how do we handle the resultant drama? And a lot of them weirdly turned on me, you know? Like, um, 
by being sexist against J.K. Rowling, you're giving our side a bad name. But what a lot of them don't realize, because this is like classic liberal civility politics, mm -hmm. is that the worst thing that you can do in the eyes of J.K. Rowling when it comes to violence against women is to be a trans woman. <laughs> There's yeah. not a, like if J.K. Rowling cared about casual misogyny, then she wouldn't have allied herself with like every far right person on Twitter who agrees with her. I think that people need to remember that the whole point of TERFs as like a, a political group is to be a shield for the far right as a broad group, like, you know, is a population. TERFs don't exist. Seriously, in, in the UK, where the TERF movement is at its strongest, um, women are significantly more pro-trans than men are, like by a huge amount. Yeah. There just isn't really a TERF movement. Mm. Um, but there is a small, loud group of women who claim to be TERFs or feminists or whatever else, uh, who just have a bunch of weird far-right associations. And I think the whole thing's a psyop, personally. I don't think it should be taken seriously. Yeah, I got one question here that I wanted to ask you. Of uh, people are in my chat are asking about your background mm -hmm. and if you have a favorite piece in your background. Oh, you mean my my background background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your bookshelves. Oh, um, oh man, I've got a lot back there now. Hmm, I'd have to think. I'd have to think about it. Let me let me full screen. Wait, hold on. Hide self, you choose. Can I not full screen my own thing? I have to actually look around. That's crazy. <laughs> um, well, there are a couple of Warhammer miniatures that are up there, some of which I painted, some of which were made by fans. One of them is of me, which was like 3D printed that I think is really, really cute. Um, That's cool. We've got Leo Fotia down there, which is like the premier anime femboy. Yeah. Um, we've got, oh God, we've got a ton of stuff from the anime explosive I've been to. That microphone, that Blue Yeti over there was the first mic that I got while streaming. It was gifted to me, which was a pretty uh significant investment on the part of the person who did so and then like nice. the yeah there, no there's like a ton back there um god yeah i don't know that's it's cool. hard to say it's like ceramics back there and everything so you got that's cool that you saved your first mic you you ever you save the the uh, you, you have other stuff that you've saved over the years to remind yourself of like your humble beginnings and where you've come from and like how far you've gotten yeah, I'm actually I'm actually kind of sentimental about it. I tend to hold on to stuff. I don't think I've ever thrown out anything that was given to me by a fan. Yeah. I obviously can't show all of them behind me because that would get that would get out of control pretty quick. But yeah. I do I do keep all of it. Um I mean I have I have the first microphone that I got, the first webcam that I was uh that I was given, stuff like that. Basically basically every component, I mean even even down to like the uh the the first laptop that I streamed on, I still have. Uh, though uh, that laptop is is, is toasted, that thing yeah. that thing can't do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's important to hold on to. I think. I mean, I've only been doing this whole thing for maybe four and a half years at this point. Mm -hmm. That's not a huge amount of time in the context of like a lifelong career, but it certainly feels like a lot to me. And since it's such a support based medium for um, for for success you know people are directly watching you live i i think it's important to remember like if you ever buy something for example like if you buy uh like a a cool item that you want some decoration whatever and it's like a hundred dollars it's like 25 dollar donos you know there's yeah. like a material yeah you know what i mean like you yeah. should always remember where it comes from yeah it, it's it's cool because like you know, it's very easy in this business to just lose touch with where you came from. So it's cool to see, like, you're just holding on to, to that. I hold on to so much shit from, like, even glasses. Like, just so I can remind myself, like, at one point, 
nobody watched you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I feel like it's humbling, and it kind of helps you remember where you come, you know, why you do what you do, essentially. Yeah, people's egos do get out of control pretty often in this field. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever whatever could prevent that from happening would probably be good. That's yeah. um, that's gone a, a, a bad direction for for quite a lot of people, I think. Yeah. I got one more question for you. Then I know you're a busy guy. I'll let you get back to it. Uh, Go right ahead. So the Mario movie, you got you ever watched? You watch that? As a matter of fact, yes, I had the uh, I had the 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 pleasure of watching that. You you a fan of the movie or no? no I fucking hated that movie. What? I hated that movie. No, why you? I hated it. it. <laughs> why did you hate it? Because I oh man, I feel I feel like it was a. I feel like it was a bunch of, of of cheap references, and it didn't do anything artistically different from your average Illumination film. It was just like, it was it was just something to like soy at. And structurally, I feel like <laughs> there was so much interesting stuff that it it didn't it didn't want to do or engage with, which yeah. was really disappointing. Because I'm not a hater. I'm not one of those people who thinks like, oh, it's a kids movie. I, I don't yeah. think that's true. Like, yeah, if you're, um, you know, if 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 it's good, it's good. But um. I guess the the pro the, I guess okay here's here I'll I'll make one argument right so I yeah. don't like do the whole rant okay one of the main things that bothered me is um like Mario literally doesn't happen on Earth it's in a totally different world a different yeah. world with its own rules yeah. and they they kind of acknowledge that in the movie but I feel like so much more could have been done to artistically elevate like the surreality of the mushroom kingdom yeah. one of the things they could have really done was not use like a fuck ton of licensed music and a bunch of like stock hollywood dramatic dot wav soundtracks and yeah. crafted an entire thing based off of the mario songs that we all know like we've all played a mario game we know the that one where the, like the koopas all do the yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, we've all heard these, but there were like two points in the movie where they had faint like callbacks to yeah. the incredible musical tradition of the series. Yeah. I just a lot of stuff like it's it's like that argument, but a bunch of it. I want I want more Mario. Gotcha. So is it safe to say you were a fan of the Peaches song? Ha! I didn't mind that as much as uh, Adam from YMS did. Uh, actually, I thought you know because may maybe because I'm like. Uh, you know, soy facing for Jack Black or whatever, like whatever. Yeah. He can he can sing peaches at me if he wants to. I I think that's okay. Peaches, 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 peaches. Such a good song. It's so simple and so good. If I'll I'll let I'll let Jack Black ruin a movie for me. You know, <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. He he has he has my permission. All right, well, Vosh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Uh, say hi to your chat for me. Hope they're having a good time too. They and, are, uh, and of course, we're we're speaking to Deaf Noodles, everyone. So you know everything that went with me and Vosh and Twitter and have you Deaf Noodles. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming on. And thank you. I appreciate you, Vosh. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. All right, chat. We did it. We did it. Yeah. We did it, chat. Second interview in the canister. It has been executed. Thank you, chat. Thank you, Frosty, for sending over some questions. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fun conversation. Uh, 
I have I have a lot of a lot in common with uh with Vosh ideologically. I feel like I'm I may be a little closer to the center than him on some other stuff, but I agree with a lot of the stuff he was he was saying. Uh it's it's funny. Except your movie taste. Yeah, yeah, clearly I have better movie taste than him. Sorry. Sorry, Vosh, if you watch this. No disrespect, but the Mario movies are classic. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not taking any Mario slander anymore. Okay. Uh <laughs> But yeah, it was good. It's good. I have uh I'm doing one more interview, I think, tomorrow and then on Wednesday. And I'll sprinkle these out throughout the week. Um I hope you keep getting to do more interviews. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at them. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a work in progress for me. I'm get I feel like I'm slowly getting a little bit better. It was uh it was a little different to do this one live. Uh I, I got a little distracted by looking at the chat a couple of times, so I had to like reel it back in. But it was fun. I want to do a whole lot more of these. I also, this is the second time I'm talking to Vosh. I would love to talk to him more often. You know, have him, like, be a reoccurring interview. Uh, you know, but you guys tell me what you think. Your room is looking like a 60s to 70s theme. Please don't put carpet as the whole bathroom flooring. I won't. No, no more carpeting. Really good on the lookout for stupid. Oh, we got hecklers? Okay. You dropped an image on Discord. Let me check it out. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I hope I hope his chat enjoyed it too. Um, you know, a, a lot of the times these folks that I've been talking to already have like such a a vast social media presence. Like people know so much about them that I'm like I'm often like trying to look for things that people haven't uh, talked to them about. Oh, the conspiracy chart. Let me see this. This is interesting. I like this. I may have seen this on Twitter before. So, one sec. Oh, I changed the formatting on the screen already. Okay, here, hold up. QAnon, Deep State, MK Ultra, Bohemian, Bohemian Club, Tuskegee Operation, yeah. Princess Diana, Epstein didn't off himself. Jeff K. Yeah, this is kind of where I'm at right here. The Elvis lives is like really Avril Lavigne replaced crop circles, Bigfoot. Yeah, this is all like Prince Charles vampire. That's an actual conspiracy theory. Frosty gave an excellent idea for interviews. What is it? Make an interview thread on Discord for upcoming interviews where people can drop questions. That is a terrific. I'm going to create that channel and we can do that. Um. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to be I want the interviews to feel like and obviously I'm going to get better and better at doing this, but to feel like a comfortable place where like these creators can share a side uh that they often don't share on their social media. You know what I mean? Because like I said, a lot of these folks they have like a vast social media presence. They're streaming hours a day or uploading multiple videos a day. So like most most of their audience and most people who know of them will know a lot about them. So I'm like trying to figure out like how I can get to these different sides of these creators. You know what I mean? And um, I feel like I learned a little bit about Vosh today, you know, 
I hope that you guys learned about him. I hope that his audience learned about him. And, you know, we we just keep on doing this. Um, but anyway, folks, I do have to go because I have something at 6 o'clock. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, this was just how H3 did it. Oh, really? That's great. That's a really cool idea. That's, I mean, I guess, I guess great minds think alike. Hey, Biestrin, thanks for the follow. I have to figure out the one thing that I would like to figure out in future. I love the sound alerts and the, the alert box and everything, but that, that if I do it live again, I do, I do have to like deactivate it. I feel like during the live, cause it did, it did take me out of it a couple of times, you know? Uh, I did get like super distracted. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like it, 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 it you know, because my in- I'm trained to like look and see who it is and thank them, right? So there's an option to suspend them. Okay, yeah, I'll do it next time. I just didn't think of doing it because I've never done it. So you know, but uh, but yeah, I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much for dropping by, being so cool, such cool chat members. You guys are the best. I love every single one of you. And, um, yeah, look out. I think I'm going to upload this one tomorrow and then I'll space out like every other day for the next ones I have coming up. But yeah, have an amazing evening. Bye-bye. Here, let me do it. Let me do the fade out. Do the fade out, Dennis. Do the fade out. Okay. Bye-bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.